Welcome to CEO Conversations, the private practice podcast. I'm your host, Brandi Mabra. This is your one-stop shop to learn the business side of your practice on a deeper level. On this show, we empower you to own your CEO status to scale your practice for growth, sustainability, and profit. Listen in as we talk about how to market your practice to gain more visibility, hire, build, and engage your ride-or-die dream team, create streamlined operations, and make financial decisions as a CEO. It's time to show up as a confident leader to create a practice and life you love. Let's get started. Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of CEO Conversations, the private practice podcast. It is Brandy. You know who it is. It's Brandy. I'm here with you every week, every week. Now, and it's a blessing to be here with you every week. So I'm super excited for today's conversation. We are talking about bottlenecks because who doesn't love talking about a good old bottleneck, right? So as you know, I could spend all day talking about business and leadership. I love talking about business and leadership. It is the amazing thing about private practice. And the business side of your private practice is fun. It is so fun. So if you're listening to this and maybe you're feeling like, you know what, Brandy, you're wrong. It is not fun today. (laughs) The business side of my practice sucks, (laughs) you know, then just know you're not alone. But when things are amazing, it feels amazing. And so when we talk about bottlenecks, there's peace on the other side of a bottleneck. And there is the ability for you to definitely make more money on the other side of a bottleneck to have more impact on the other side of the bottleneck, to have less burnout on the other side of a bottleneck. But we have to talk about it. We have to talk about it. So we're going to talk about three of them today. But before we get into that, I want to go ahead and talk about a story. So this episode was inspired by one of my clients because right now this is a big topic of conversation inside of our practice, bottlenecks. We talk about bottlenecks. And so one of the bottlenecks that we were specifically talking about was coined as fruitful activity inside of her practice. And when I think about a bottleneck inside of your practice, and if you don't know what a bottleneck is, let me take a couple steps back. A bottleneck inside of any kind of business is a clog. It's like the equivalent of where things just stop, right? So things are moving along in a nice way and then it just stops for whatever reason. And that is what is a bottleneck. So you can call it a clog in your plumbing. You could call it a kink in your chain. You could call it anything that keeps things from moving smoothly inside of a business is a bottleneck. Sometimes people are bottlenecks. Sometimes tools can be a bottleneck. So I think about like with the AI boom that's happening right now, it was interesting and not to get completely off topic, but I'm gonna dive into this a little bit because I think it's important. It was interesting, I was on a call with a particular provider and the question that he asked me was what AI tools do I recommend? And I had a hard time with that, I'm not even gonna lie. There, you know, I recommend AI tools, um, but one of the, my instant response was to, to figure out what the EHRs AI tools were and to leverage the AI tools inside of the EHR first. And here's why. Right now, AI, I don't want to call it trendy because it's not going anywhere. That's probably the wrong word to use. But everywhere that you look, there is AI, 
right? So it started out with ChatGPT and now everybody has like their version of it. So inside of EHR systems, EMRs, inside of marketing tools, inside of like things like Grammarly, inside of um, just financial tools, I mean, anything, there is some type of artificial intelligence. And so what we are at risk of is shiny object syndrome. And I don't think anybody's talking about this. If you are a tools person, and a lot of times when you start to get into operations, you're looking for ways to be more effective, more efficient. And if you are a tools person, you will tool yourself out to where it's like too much of a good thing, right? And so you have to be very intentional with how you're using these AI tools. We are gonna bring on, like the intention is to talk more about this. This isn't what this episode is dedicated to as AI, but I want it just to talk to it for a second, because if you are finding yourself like, oh, I have an AI tool for this, or I have an AI tool for this, or I have an AI tool for this, please stop, you know, and ask yourself the question, is this tool serving me? And is it helping me to be more productive? Or is it causing a bottleneck? Because if you have too many things, too many people in the pot, too many hands in the pot, or too many chiefs, you know, like all this stuff, then too many people in the kitchen is what I'm thinking. Like if you have too much of a good thing, it's going to cause a clog. So again, what is the intention of the AI tool that you're using? Does it have a purpose? Is it making your workflow more clunky? Or is it adding a purpose? Does it make your team more productive? Does it speed you up? Is it worth it, especially if you have to leave one tool to go to another tool and then go back to that tool? Is it worth it, right? Or is there a tool, one tool that you can use that serves every single purpose, right? And so really just diving into that. And so that's a a conversation for a later podcast because like I said, there's AI everywhere. And there's, you know, when I, when I answered the question, I was like, well, you start with your HR first. And then I gave them like two other tools. And that was by design. That's my stance. Don't get too happy, like, you know, too happy, but tool happy because you'll, you know, it's going to cause a bottleneck. So the topic is connected, it's kind of not connected, but anyways, so fruitful, let's go back to that. So inside of this conversation with my client, we kept talking about fruitful activity, fruitful business activities. So when you are thinking about your team, when you're thinking about you as the owner, when we're thinking about bottlenecks, it's important for you to ask yourself the question, is this fruitful activity? Which means on the other side of this activity, is it going to lead to more money? Is it gonna help us be more profitable? Is it gonna help with mission and vision? Is the alignment there, which means like impact? Is it saving us time? Is it helping us be more productive? And if the answer is no, then you potentially have a bottleneck, right? So I like the word fruitful. I think that it's a perfect picture, like visual context or synonym for what you want inside of your practice, how you want your practice to feel, what you want for your life, when you think about the freedom that you could potentially have inside your practice, like all of it is fruitful. And it makes me think about my bonus son. So when he was six, he's 15 now, but when he was six, he ate an apple. Apple was delicious. I mean, he had like the juices like all over his face and, you know, he's just looking. And so he got to to the place of the seeds and he wanted to plant the seeds outside in our backyard. 
And it was the cutest thing. So we, you know, went outside to the back. I got a shovel. We dug a hole. We took the seeds from the apple and we planted the apple seeds. You know, we took the dirt, we covered it back up. You know, he's all messy and dirty and loving it and still has apple on his face. And, you know, it's just the, it's just the cutest picture. Fast forward a couple years later, he was asking about that tree. Coincidentally, we have a, a apple tree on the opposite side of our yard that has been there since the time that we've moved into this house. It's always been there. But it was interesting because as his six-year-old self, he didn't pay attention to the tree compared to his older self, you know, a few years later, so that means like eight or nine. He now all of a sudden recognized this tree and there was green apples that fall off this tree. It falls off the tree every year. What he loved about this tree was that he thought it was the same apple tree that we planted with the seeds that we had put in the ground a couple years earlier. Now, nothing happened with those seeds. Like I think we didn't even dig deep enough for anything to happen with those seeds. But it was just really interesting for him to see like this tree and, you know, and that tree is gorgeous. I mean, it's so pretty in the spring and it blooms and it's just, it's such, it's so nice. And it's actually the tree that I see outside of my window from my office, but it's just such a nice, nice view. I mean, such a nice view. And when he looked at that tree, he was like, man, I remember that apple. That apple was so good. It was so good. And when he said it, you know, I was like, yeah, that was, you know, apples are good. You know, apples is actually one of his favorite fruits. But when you think about fruitful, that is like the perfect description of fruitful, right? It's memorable. It's juicy. It drips like the juice just drips. Right. And then I love it because when we think about seeds, then it gives you more fruit. Right. And so when we're thinking about your practice, I'm painting this picture for you because I'm trying to help you make a connection. Because when we talk about operations, operations is such, like I said, it's the non-sexy side of a practice, but it is the game changer. When you focus in on it, when you have a good workflow mapped out, when you have a good policy and procedure, when you have a, a team member who can do something because they read the SOP or they understand how to do their job or they understand what's required, it's a beautiful thing. It is a beautiful thing. And there is so much freedom on the other side of it. And it is the equivalent of eating a nice, ripe piece of juicy, delicious fruit, because that's how you feel. Now, whatever your equivalent of that, maybe it's you sitting on a beach in the sun with your hair blowing in the wind and there the beautiful ocean waves. Maybe that's your vision of fruitful. Maybe your, your vision of fruitful is I think about the Titanic with, you know, Jack and Rose where they're like on the front of the Titanic and their arms are like wide open, you know, and, and uh, Celine Dion is singing in the background. And maybe that's your, when you think about like, I feel free, that is what, when you don't have bottlenecks in your practice or you recognize a bottleneck fast enough, that's the type of feeling that you can have when it comes to your practice. And it's really nice to, and fun to see when clients start to see this or recognize this or tap into it. For me, I love when I start to connect it with the money, right? So going back to the client meeting, it was all connected with money because at this point in time, this bottleneck that was happening was costing money, a lot of money. And it was over just months and months and of time. And so we're in process of trying to iron out 
this bottleneck, right? So based on just the conversation, and it's a perfect picture where a bottleneck can happen, it can develop over time, the clog builds up over time, and now you're in a place where you're spending way more money than what you have to because of the bottleneck. So I really want you to get through, I know I talk about operations, but I really want you to understand, like when I talk about a bottleneck, where is it at in my practice, right? Because if you aren't looking for that and you might feel it, but then how do I fix it? Like, I don't know how to fix it. What do I, what do I say? Like, what metrics do I put with it? Um, is there like a key performance indicator that needs to go with it? Is a policy and procedure? If it's a policy, policy and procedure, what policy and procedure do I write? And then how do I make sure that my team understands it as well, right? And so I want to just talk through this a bit. So let's talk about the three bottlenecks that can happen in your practice that are stopping you from having that fruitful feeling. And it was interesting because as we talked about this bottleneck and as we talked about the fruitful activities, we recognize that there was a lot of like fluff type activities, right? And so usually bottlenecks always lead to fluff. They always lead to fluff. Like, and fluff is activities that are happening inside of your practice that don't really move the needle. They don't move the practice forward. They don't make a change. They feel exhausting. You feel burned out. You feel like you're productive, but you're not productive all at the same time. And you don't really see the results that you want to see because it's fluff. And fluff also leads to what I call rework. And so rework is where there is a process that needs to be smoothed out because it didn't work the first time. And when we have a practice, there's so many opportunities. And maybe you've even been in practices where you've experienced this, right? Where there's like so many opportunities to do rework that it can be very frustrating, right? And so it's important for you to understand like, okay, is this rework? What's happening at the start of this process? So that way we're not on the back end of this process and it's causing a bottleneck, which is causing me to lose money as an owner. So let's talk through the three. Now, mind you, depending on the size of your practice, you could have really large bottlenecks that might come to you instantly. And then you could have little mini bottlenecks, right? So like mini little clogs throughout the drain that are just building. And eventually it's going to lead to one big bottleneck. And usually when you identify the first sign of a bottleneck is financial. Most times that's usually what gets your attention because things are usually just happening. It's either financial, maybe a complaint comes through or a bad review. You know, there is something big that happens that brings your attention to this bottleneck and then you start to dive into it. What I'm trying to get you to do is to recognize the bottleneck before you even get to the place of losing money or you get to a place of getting the complaint and now you're trying to like backtrack, right? Because that's that's not fun either, trying to backtrack when it comes to getting, you know, patient complaints or client complaints, it's not fun. So let's talk about the first bottleneck. So the first bottleneck is patient scheduling and workflow. So it sounds like, and because there's so many tools now, going back to the tools where you can, you know, patients can schedule themselves or, you know, there's different apps that you can use, scheduling apps. And that's not a bad thing, but you want to pay attention to how are people coming into the practice and when they are coming into the practice am i getting every single piece of information that i need at the beginning when people are scheduling so that way on the back end i'm not having to go back and get information that i should have gotten when they scheduled right so the next stop after scheduling 
is check-in. So whether if it's intake or if it's like a full check-in process, then during that time, you can definitely have a bottleneck because again, if you're not getting the most up-to-date information, which means like credit card information or their insurance information or their right address, demographic information on the front end, then guess what? You'll see it on the back end. You want to know where you'll see it on the back end? Billing, which is the second bottleneck, right? So when it comes to like your revenue cycle starts at the front, what I call for, and you guys have heard me say this before, at the front to the back. And so the front would be that first point of contact. So that's scheduling. Second point of contact is when that person checks in, you know, then you go through the whole process. And so the end of your revenue cycle is when the claim is filed or the invoice is paid, um, depending on, you know, how you collect your money and what's what stages. If it's me, if you're wondering, always collect your money at any point in time at the beginning. If you can collect money before you even provide a service, that's a win. Because trying to collect money on the back end, it's always more challenging, right? You're no longer the priority <laughs> compared to at the beginning, hey, you're a big priority, right? And so, or even at the end of the visit, just making sure while that person is there with you or part of that experience, collecting as much money as you can during that time is such a it's such a lifesaver. And then also it's a more efficient process compared to most times what happens. And in this particular bottleneck is that there's information that is missing on the front end. And then when we go and file a claim for folks who are taking insurance, then we don't have the right information that we need, or we don't have the correct information. And maybe the systems don't pick up on it. So then it goes to the insurance company, the insurance company says no, and sends it back. Right. And so it's important for you to understand that that's a bottleneck. That's a potential way for you to lose money. The same thing right now is with documentation. So with your documentation, that's another opportunity for a bottleneck, right? Because you want to make sure that your bottle, that your documentation, I was about to say your bottleneck, (laughs) that your documentation is on point. And that is as clean as possible to prove whatever code that you need to file or whatever work that has been done during that care, right? Oftentimes what happens is that it's a potential of a bottleneck, especially if the documentation isn't there. And then if you need to bill and you, you can't justify the code. And so there's two things that happen with this. Either you file it and maybe the code is fine or you file it and then you get audited for the documentation and then you can't prove the code and then there's money that's lost, right? And so when we're thinking about bottlenecks, there's everyday activities that are happening inside of your practice that are just normal activities, right? So most practices, they schedule, they have people who help schedule, or if it's a tool that helps schedule, you have people who do billing or send invoices or help you handle the money, collect copays, patient payments and all of those things. And so paying attention to the billing and revenue cycle, or just like your money cycle, and making sure, asking yourself the questions, are there any like sub bottlenecks to this? So when we think about billing and revenue cycle, a sub bottleneck would be documentation that could potentially come back and bite you. So is there any business activities that are coming back that could bite you later 
because they're not done in an effective and efficient way. And then you want to make sure that you're identifying that, right? And so the top two, I would say that are definitely impacting your money would be patient scheduling, because a lot of that is if you're not collecting the right information up front. And when that person checks in, if you're not collecting the right information up front, then it's going to impact your financial picture, which is going to impact your revenue cycle, which is going to impact how you can bill. And it's a domino effect, right? And it's like a cycle that you just stay on when it comes to like this hamster wheel. So the whole goal of identifying bottlenecks is to allow for you to get off of the hamster wheel, to stop, and to really pay attention to how are things going from the front to the back, right? So the third bottleneck is patient engagement and communication. When we're thinking about patient engagement or client engagement or how you engage inside your practice, we think about message follow-ups, we think about um, email follow-ups, whether if it's portal message follow-ups, if it's phone call follow-ups, <laughs> like email follow up like all the stuff, right? And so however you're communicating, that's a potential bottleneck because if people are not able to get a decent response time, which is honestly, out of all the practices that I've worked in, especially once you grow and you get busier, that's a, a definite a definite bottleneck that's waiting to happen because you have to have the right amount of team in order to handle the amount of messages that are coming through in order to make sure that you're hitting the mark when it comes to the engagement piece, the experience piece, making sure that you're able to get back to the people who need to get back to, right? And so if you are in a practice where medication is involved, then you know, like a lot of side effects happen with medication, prescription refills that come with medication. Hey, I need a new medication or I need to come to the doctor to get, you know, like there's so many things that can happen when it comes to that. So if your patient communication is inefficient and you're not able to get back to people, guess what? Guess how you're going to get notified? Patient complaint. You know, it's also interesting because a lot of times when we're thinking about billing or we're thinking about opportunities to make more money, you know, your patient communication is a big part of that. Because if you are out in the market and you're not getting like referrals or not referred to, well, they're great when I'm in the practice, but they suck when they, you know, when I leave and they're never able to get back to me, right? Same thing goes back to the phone. So if a person isn't able to call and get you on the phone, that's a problem. There's so many, like so many practices that lose business because they don't return phone calls. You know, I've been part of that. Like I've called practices, they're smaller. I know that they don't necessarily have someone there to answer the phone all the time, but I'll leave a message and I don't get back to like there's weeks. And then what happened, like with this particular practice, it was interesting. They allowed for me to schedule an appointment because that was the instructions. I scheduled the appointment, left a message, no one called back to confirm, nobody did anything. And then they canceled my appointment. <laughs> and it's like, what is that? You know, so I will never go back there again, nor will I recommend them. So at the end of the day, you want to make sure that you're paying attention to how are things happening in your practice and stopping and paying attention to it. People just keep working and you can't do that. And so one of the biggest things is when you're in the weeds of your practice, you have to stop and pay attention. You just have to, it's like a non-negotiable. And when you get to a certain level of business growth, you have to stop and pay attention because if not, it will cost you a lot of money. I mean, a lot of money. So even if you were in a space where you're like, oh, we're fine. You know, we, we do things well. Our scheduling isn't a problem. Our revenue cycle's great. 
you know, our, like our patients and clients are happy. We're able to get follow, we follow up. Okay, cool. Amazing. Go out and hire a couple more providers, hire a few more people, and then tell me what you think, right? Because at the end of the day, we're entrepreneurs. I want to make sure that we recognize that. How our practices look today will not look the same next year, unless if you are just at a place where you just don't want to grow and you're fine. Like I've reached my level of growth, but most people who are listening to this podcast, you're not done growing. Matter of fact, you have big visions, you have big goals, you're ambitious. So how your practice looks today is not how it's going to look this time next year. So you recognizing and taking the time to actually stop and pay attention to bottlenecks is going to save you so much frustration. Like I said, operations is a feeling. That fruitful feeling is nice. It's light. It's airy. When you have bottlenecks in your practice, that's where burnout comes into play. That's where you want to sell your million dollar practice for a dollar. That's where you're tired. That's where you're exhausted. That's where you're working like all these crazy hours. It's because there's there's bottlenecks and it's a feeling like when chaos happens inside of a practice, when operations are chaotic, not only does it cost you money, it costs you so many emotions from stress and frustration and I'm tired and I just want to take a nap and I hate it. And then you start to get resentful. So diving into how you work, how your team works, what is the process here? Is it the most effective process? Do, does my team have the tools that they need to be successful? Will make you more money. I promise you 110% will make you more money. And it's important for you to understand that. So again, to review the three bottlenecks that I want you to pay attention to at this time, but if you notice more, please address them, are billing and revenue cycle management, right? So your billing and revenue cycle, your patient scheduling and workflows, and then your patient engagement and communication. So those are the three official bottlenecks. So your billing, how you schedule, and how you engage your folks and how you communicate with them. That's what it is. That is what it is. And that's the work that I get to do every single day. And I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. So I love when things are messy and things feel chaotic. And then I love seeing on the other side where things start to be streamlined. People start to feel better. They feel like they're in more control. They'll show up and say, I feel, I don't feel as stressed. I feel more grounded. All of it. You want to know why? because we're giving you information and we're giving you access to bottlenecks. (laughs) Like there's so much amazingness on the other side of a bottleneck, let me tell you. But anyway, so that is today's episode. That is today's episode. I did wanna take a minute just to say thank you so much for listening to this podcast. We were just awarded, yay, the top 20 podcasts on Feedspot. So I woke up to an email I was like, you're in the top 20. And I'm like, oh my goodness. You know, I think the last time I was in the top 20 anything was when I ran track, you know, and that was way back in the day. (laughs) But I'm so thankful. I am so thankful to be in the top 20. The other thing too, is I'm actually the only black woman on the list. And so that is amazing. So as you know, my goal is to add more diversity to the private practice space and to have another voice, um, another experience. And so As you know, I have a lot of different type of healthcare experience. I've worked in a lot of different type of healthcare environments, both on the provider side, the payer side, private practice, you know, large hospital systems, small business, like all of it. And so it's amazing to be able to give you my knowledge, to be able to share my knowledge, to share my experience with you, and that it's actually making a difference. So if you wanna see the full list, 
uh, for other folks who are in the top 20, which they're amazing. So I'm surrounded by some amazing people, uh, which is a blessing. And then the link for, uh, for the top 20 is in the show notes. So you can go ahead and check that out. As always, if you could please, 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 you know, definitely share this podcast, review this podcast. I love, you know, if there's feedback that you have on how we can make the podcast better, then I am so thankful for it. I'm here for a purpose and a mission and a vision because I don't want you to get to a place of being burned out in your practice and you sell it, you know, or you stop doing what you're doing. So I only want you to sell your practice if you get to a place where you want to sell it because you want to go make other impact, but I don't want you to sell it because you're tired and you're burned out and you hate it. I want you to sell it because you're trying to build wealth, right? Or I want you to continue to make an impact and for you to continue to love your practice and be able to help more people and to have an engaged team and all the things that can definitely help us as a community, as a world, um, nationally, locally, globally, like the whole thing. So thank you so much. I appreciate you. And I will talk to you guys next time. Thanks for listening today. I hope you enjoyed the episode and it empowers you as the CEO of your practice. If you enjoyed the podcast, please make sure you subscribe, share the message, and leave a review. If you want more information and support in growing and scaling your practice, click the link in the show notes to take advantage of our free resources or apply to work with me directly. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.